Hello and welcome to Paranormal Hotline. My name is Michael and I'm joined by Kaylee. Hello. And this week we're covering witches, or more specifically Irish witches. Because there seems to be like, it just seems to be a very cultural thing. Witchcraft here and folklore and everything. Yeah, yeah. It's I wouldn't even call it witchcraft to be honest. It's just women doing magic and people just assume it's like witchcraft. It all kind of gets lumped into the one category. Yeah, I have a few stories like that. Also, sorry in advance if you guys can hear any meowing or purring through this episode of New Kitten, and she does not know personal boundaries at all. I love that kitten. I like. I've just seen pictures of it, and I'm already like, that's a good kitten. It's a black cat. <laughs> you named your cat Puka, didn't you? Yeah, I named her Puka because we were at the Puka Festival the day before we got her, and uh, we got her on Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> you did a load of cool shit for Halloween. I was just nursing yeah, man, a hangover. <laughs> I spent so much money on petrol driving around to different like sites. We went to Newgrange, the Hill of Tara, uh, a place called Tagda. And yeah, we went to the place where Halloween was supposed to, the first ever Halloween festival was supposed to have been held. And that's where we saw that turnip that looked like a severed head on top of a monument. That was pretty interesting. When I was looking into it, like a lot of it involves the Morrigan, which is kind of a mix of a witch and a goddess, but she's the Irish goddess of like, not even war, but warfare. And like her proper name is Morrigan, Queen of the Phantoms. So you know, like she's fucking beast. She's terrifying. Like she's a really scary figure. But like Celtic traditions just kind of go hand in hand with pagan stuff, and like even Halloween, like you just said, was an Irish tradition that just kind of spread. But if you know any insane witch trials or just cool local witches, be sure to let us know by messaging us on Twitter at ParanormalHL or emailing us at ParanormalHotlinePodcast at gmail.com. When it comes to Irish witchcraft, one name that comes up a lot is the Morrigan, or Morrigan Queen of the Phantoms. And there's just some really cool stories about her. And one that I saw repeated online in a few places was about how she basically met a fool out of Coo Cullen. And Coo Cullen is just everywhere in Irish mythology. He's basically the Irish Hercules. He really is. We need to do an episode on him because he was just insane and some really cool interactions with creature from Irish folklore. But basically, he met her on the road one day as a beautiful woman while he was going into battle. And since she was the goddess of battle, she told him that she loved him because he was so powerful and heroic. He's always but, killing people. <laughs> yeah, and he was an absolute chad. He just turned her down immediately. Oh my god, he what? Yeah, she was just like, oh, you're so strong. That thing you do where you go absolutely mental and kill everyone, including your friends. That's just really hot. She's just a, the OG goth chick. Yeah. Do you know what I'd picture whenever I think of her? What's the name of that woman from um, The Witcher? Oh, Yennefer, yeah. Man, Yennefer has to be based on her, even loosely, because she even has the crows and everything, and she just looks identical how the Morgan is depicted. Yeah, because it is a thing that the Morgan is said to turn into a crow, like, and watch over battles, and if she decides one side is trying but not doing well, she'll join on their side in battle and just fuck oh, everyone man. up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, that happens at the very start of The Witcher 3. You just see, like, the whole cutscene is Yennefer on a battlefield fighting some guys and then she turns into a ra well she, I don't think she turns into a raven but there is a raven yeah that's ba yeah she has to be based on it has to be but um, being a goddess like that can turn the tides of battle she absolutely went batshit so she pretty much said that she would fuck him over whenever she got the chance and she got her first chance when he was trying to cross some water so she turned into an eel and kept trying to trip and drown him so he punched her in the head 
what he punched her in the <laughs> and she was dazed and he managed to get out of the water so oh try God. again she turned into a wolf and chased a herd of cows at him trying to run him over wait 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 before we go on to the herd of cows please tell me before he punched her he said how does this eel no but I'm fairly... or picked her up like her limp eel body like was like she's feeling a little eel <laughs> Shut up. I'm sorry, go on. You're disrespecting the goddess of war. <laughs> he fucking punched you in the head. To be fair though, she tried to trip him. Yeah, okay. You punched me in the head for poking you in the stomach. <laughs> I punched you in the head for less. When he got out of the water, she turned into a wolf and there was a herd of cows nearby that she chased at him, trying to run him over. Wow, just like Scar from The Lion King. Yeah, but <laughs> he had, like, Ku Collins very well known for his sling. And he fired a stone at her that, like, got her right in the eye and blinded her. I think she'd quit after he punched her in the head. She didn't quit because she decided, you know what, <laughs> I'll turn into a cow. So she did, and then she led the other cows in a stampede against him. I'm going to assume this didn't work. I assume he just punched her in the head again. Well, no, he just work? moved out of the way and fired another rock and broke her leg. Oh, Damn. So at this stage, she's, like, half blind and half crippled and decides to call it a day. <laughs> and it has a headache. Yeah. And Ku Cullen went on his way to wage war. But the story Maybe actually that's doesn't what end. she's into, man. <laughs> the story actually doesn't end there because on his way home from the war, he was pretty like weak and wary. And again, just to clarify, Ku Cullen can basically hulk out and go into a super strong battle rage. And he kills his friends just as easily he kills enemies. He'll kill anything around them, including like trees and shit. Yeah, so he literally like hulks out and will just attack whatever, right? Yeah, like his eye, one of his eyes pops out of his skull and everything. It's, what? it's just insane. Who? Cool. On his way back, he passes an old woman milking a cow. And for some reason, all the stories specify that the cow had three, three nipples. Oh, like three udders? Yeah, but um, he's talking to her anyway as she's milking the cow. And because he looks a bit battle-worn, she offers him some milk. So he drinks it, says thanks, and decides to give her a blessing because she seems a little worse for wear as well because she has a lame leg and is blind in one eye. The second he finishes the blessing, the woman's healed and reveals herself to be Morrigan. But at that point, the both just kind of admit that they got the better of each other with him hurting her and her <laughs> tricking him. And they just so call it a like, day. Ah, I got you. He's like, well, <laughs> yeah. I got you first. <laughs> yeah, that's literally it. And they just call it a day. Now, he does see that's her some good again. sportsmanship. Before he goes into his final battle, he sees an old hag washing his armor in a river, which is apparently like an omen that the Morrigan does for like fearsome warriors to let them know they're about to die in battle. Oh. And it's like she's an early version of the Banshee. Like she's basically a long-haired hag that lets people know they're about to die. But I do kind of like the fact that they just went tit for tat and then called it a day. Despite the Morgan and her sisters being goddesses of war, they show up a lot in pagan stuff where like it seems to be any powerful goddess becomes a symbol of female empowerment. Yeah. Which makes sense. Like, you see people, like, worshipping Athena and Hera and stuff, the Greek gods, and then they'll worship, like, Broomhilda from Norse lore. Yeah. <laughs> but you have the Morrigan, a symbol of Irish witchcraft there. But I also have some stories about the women that practiced the witchcraft, or at least were accused of it. Ooh. So I mentioned in an earlier episode that Ireland kind of managed the whole witch trials thing pretty well compared to other places. Yeah. But we definitely did have a few and have some stories on them. Oh, yeah, we definitely Somehow. had a few. Some have the ending you'd expect, and some don't, and some we don't even know the ending of because the British burnt all the records of the trials. Yeah, it was during the Irish Civil War, and they were like, okay, we're abandoning like this area. Burn all the records. So the first one's kind of sad. It's of Petron Petronella de Meat, which means Pet Petronella of Meat, which is a place here, not a food. Oh, it's a place in Ireland? County Mead. Oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> I assume that was like Mead as in like 
The wine. The drink. <laughs> now, her story is actually kind of sad, though, because she was a servant of a woman named Alice Kittiller, and she lived in what's now Kilkenny at the start of the 1300s. So Alice was accused of witchcraft, with Pet- Petronilla and a few other servants being charged as being her accomplices. Her assistant witches. Yeah. But Alice had money, so she was able to escape to England. But since Petronilla and the others didn't, they were forced to stay and be punished. So they tortured her until she confessed that Alice had been a witch and slept with demons and murdered all her husbands, the usual stuff. That's insane. And they whipped her in six different towns before burning her at the stake. It's a really noticeable case in Irish history because she wasn't charged with witchcraft because there was actually no law against it yet. So they charged her with heresy and she was the first person burnt for heresy in like the British Isles. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, like that one is a bit depressing. That's but really depressing. There's one now that I, I think you'll really like. And I don't know if you've heard of her. Her name is Biddy Early. I don't think so. Oh, Biddy is amazing. Biddy. You're going to love Biddy. Sweet. Billy Early is basically exactly what you think of when you think of a good woman that was accused of witchcraft. So she was a local healer, beloved by the community, had fantastic knowledge of practical and herbal remedies and had a very public, open opinion on the police, the church and sex. <laughs> I like this woman. Oh, you're going to love her. So she was born in Clare to two poor parents who could barely keep up with her because she was basically wild. But local saying, if you saw her red hair coming, you knew there was trouble. <laughs> but they both passed. I've heard by that th- before. <laughs> That's because you're a pest. <laughs> yeah. But they were both gone by the time she was 16 and she entered Aww. the workhouses. But she had to leave when she was 18 because her landlord raised everyone's rent. And when she and others protested, the landlord evicted them all. Oh, damn. Yeah, no worries there, though. The landlord was murdered in his home by some of the other pissed off tenants. Oh, really? She had nothing to do with it. But apparently, like, he, like, evicted, like, 20 people and, like, 15 people had a problem with it. But she was married four times. Uh, The first was being to a man twice her age. Then to that man's stepson. Then to someone else that sounded, well, sorry, to that man's son, which was her stepson. Jesus. Then there was someone that sounded all right. And then when she was in her 70s, she married a guy in her 30s and became Ireland's first cougar. And that's not a joke. (laughs) When I was looking up stuff about her, a historian described her that way. And I was just like, this is brilliant. That is so funny. What year was that in? Uh, I think that was 1860. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> but she she basically was like because she was a healer a practicing healer like she wasn't a doctor or anything but she knew remedies and herbs and stuff yeah basic like herbal he remedies. came to her for a cure for something she's like I'll give it to you if you marry me and he was just like yeah sure <laughs> oh my god the poor man was probably dying <laughs> yeah he he was like uh, I think he was like 32 and she was 71 I sure look she was not gonna last much longer anyway <laughs> Well, all her husbands died while married to her, and not really in suspicious ways, but at the time it was basically an excuse to badmouth her. Wait, wait, wait. So the guy in his 30s died before her? Yep. What? How? (laughs) I'll get to that. To be fair, it's definitely self-inflicted, but I can see how it could also be called her fault. (laughs) Yeah. That's very Um, suspicious. The father and the son who died... Like, with them, it's a lot clear-cut that it wasn't really her fault it was self-inflicted. So she would help people, animals, pretty much anyone who needed it, to the point it was apparently really detrimental to the family's peace and quiet because people would show up the door 24-7, middle of the night, begging for help. But she never asked for money or payment or anything. She pretty much patched people up and sent them on their way. So people would give her gifts of thanks, like bread, clothes, or whatever. But, like, most of the time it was putching. Ooh, that's a good gift. <laughs> yeah, but putin is lethal. Imagine moonshine <laughs> on coke. It's moonshine, but it's made out of potatoes. 
like if you drink too much of it in one go you'll go blind yeah that's what i was always told when i was younger is if you drink putching you go blind i remember i got a bottle of it once and like we poured a little bit of sink like on the sink just to see how flammable it was and it set fire to the sink jesus I remember a uh, fellow down the road from us used to raise greyhounds and they used to use putching f- to rub onto the muscles of the greyhounds. <laughs> like deep heat? Or yeah, pretty much. It was like a deep heat. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So uh, weird. It's just like, it's, a, it's, it's just so versatile. You can use it for anything. <laughs> Fire starter? Uh, <laughs> but because she had so much of it, like literally like half a room full apparently, according to some people, uh, they turned one room in her cottage basically into a free pub with people coming to drink and play cards and just no hang way. out. Oh, that sounds class. But her first husband and second husbands who like were related to each other were <laughs> alcoholics. So oh. it's easy to see how they died of liver, liver failure. They died of liver failure. How did they even yeah. test for that back then? Well, I assume they opened them up and the smell of putchine off the liver gave it away. <laughs> yeah, okay, fair. But then she got accused of witchcraft. And it was basically a mix of a doctor that she had made look like a fool, a priest who had denounced her during church, causing her to never attend again, and the local police who were less than fond of her, because there was a very popular story about her husband was wanted for... Or the police came around for something stupid and her husband said, tell them to just wait there and I'll be out in a minute. And she went out and said, stand there. And whatever way she did it, she put a curse on them so they couldn't move at all. Wow. So and she did no she, magic. Well, this is like the story, but a lot of people are really defending her, saying like she never did magic. She just had a little deal with the fairies. Oh, right. Okay. I'll get to that in a minute because it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> but apparently like the, all these stories of how she made the police look like fools and how once she put magic on them they all ran away terrified so all the local police didn't like her because the stories that people told about her made them look bad but they all basically ganged up on her to have her charged with rich witchcraft because of a law and the law said if a woman dare cure without having studied she is a witch and must die what the hell yeah, it was just a way to point. I just want to point out if as she's well, not women a doctor, weren't allowed to study. She's a witch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no, a woman can't cure disease unless she's studied, but women aren't allowed to study. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but basically, they brought her to court and they t- like charged her with witchcraft, and everyone went fucking mental. Because everyone liked her. Yeah. Uh, okay. The few people who had put their testimonies in, once it became known she was being charged, they instantly withdrew their testimonies. All the locals like started throwing shit at the police and the doctor. Wow. And uh, there was mass- basically just massive uproar because this woman who had at one point or another pretty much saved like everyone in the surrounding area from disease was being called a witch. Yeah. But uh, she was found not guilty. <laughs> Which is like really rare in witch trials. That is insane. What? She got away with it? It wasn't that there was just no evidence. It was pretty much everyone love, everyone around her loved her and refused to allow the court to blame her for witchcraft. That's great because it's usually the other it's usually the other way around where everyone's like, you know, kill this this local bitch, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it rhymes with witch. A lot of the ones I read, there was like accusations put forth by women against other women, but a few of them were like clearly two lesbian women <laughs> and like some guy who got spurned and just like they're witches they're witches it's absolutely mad to think that for a long time like one of the, the biggest worries for lesbians was witches <laughs> but um there's also the biddy early curse have you heard about this i don't think so i think it would have ended actually the year you were born that's a bit worrying thinking about it i don't know how to explain hurling to americans it's like 
uh, uh, ice hockey, but you can lift. It's like ice hockey mixed with basketball mixed with tennis, MMA. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Basically, everyone has a stick. You bounce the ball on the stick to get in the goal, and you're allowed to smack it off the other people if they're in their if they're in your way. Yeah, helmets are optional as well, which is just insane. She was born in County Clare, and the Clare hurling team hadn't won the All Ireland Hurling Championship in like eighty years. And there was a bit of a legend that Biddy had put a curse on the team because she was accused in Clare. Now, I do want to point out that she was long dead before it ever started or was a thing. But it was basically this long-running superstition in Clare that because they had accused Biddy early of being a witch, they're never going to win the championship. And they did in <laughs> 1995. But it still comes up where, like, whenever something bad happens to them, they're all just like, ah, that's Biddy early. But speaking of hurling, or, or sorry, hurling, there's one more hurling story associated with her, which I think is brilliant. So she used to wear a blue bottle around her neck and people said it, it's what gave her psychic abilities and let her see the future and stuff because she would say to people kind of like your sister where she's like oh yeah I had a dream he died and then the next day that person would be dead oh god yeah when asked how she got it there's a lot of rumours about it but the most common one is her son was friends with some fairies and won a hurling game for them so they gave her the bottle Oh my god, that's amazing. But when she died, uh, the local priest, who at this stage had kind of come around to her, gave her the last rites and everything to make sure that when she died, she would be accepted into heaven by their beliefs and everything. But then on the way out, he took the bottle and fucked it in a lake. What? Why? <laughs> because he didn't want any magic fairy bottles going around. Yeah, all right, fair enough. <laughs> it was probably just full of putching. <laughs> Why would she need a bottle around her neck of putching when she can walk, like case. line the walls? In case, it's like a little travel pack. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> but I want to find that bottle because the actual lake where the bottle is said to be is fairly well known and easy to get to. Ooh, I'm sure someone's gone looking for it before. Yeah, but I'll do it with passion. There was one other uh, story I was looking at, which was the trials of Island McGee. Basically, this fairly rich girl moved to a new area and started acting weird and blamed some local girls. And all the girls were put on trial for witchcraft, saying that they'd done like they'd slept with incubuses. They were putting curses on everyone. But this trial was interesting because there was actually two judges, which wasn't that uncommon. But one of them was basically look. There's no evidence of witchcraft. I personally do believe witches are a thing, but there's no evidence of it. So I think we should just call it a day and just take a closer look at why this woman is accusing them. And the other judge was, they're fucking witches. They're <laughs> lesbian witches. Burn them. But you can guess which side won. But the problem is nobody knows how they were punished because that was one of the records that was lost in the fire. But it was the last real witch trial in the country. Now, it took place in the 1700s, which is like 100 years before Biddy. But it like... It was the first proper, like, en masse, I think it was eight or nine women. All of these women are working together in a coven to flaunt Jesus or whatever. So that was the last witch trial in the country, and we have no idea how it ended, other than that they were found guilty. But no, Biddy Early might be my favorite witch ever. She sounds awesome. She really does sound awesome. Way cooler than Morgan. I know, but I don't know, though. I like someone that can take a beat and then just be like, hey, I did a <laughs> funny trick on you. We're even. <laughs> I'm sure Biddy could do that too, though. Well, she did a lot of, like, that's only, you should definitely look into her life because she's, like, she's been weirdly iconic for someone I haven't heard about a lot. Like, she's in the Irish Museum of Women. She's on some of the, like, 40 most influential women or something in New York. She's part of a museum what? exhibit there. What? It's not, like, it's something weird. It was, like, forgotten women who shaped the future or something like that. <laughs> It's basically because she was basically a modern woman at, like, yeah, in the 1860s where she 
like she talked about how she liked having sex how she wanted younger men um <laughs> she was like you can use this this and this don't forget to wash your hands if you wash your hands you're less likely to get sick and oh people are just like witch just wash your hands and you like i mean how relevant is that today even you know people are still not washing their hands and to think we use her name now to describe an annoying old woman yeah yeah <laughs> so for any international viewers <laughs> if you see like this kind of like a small old woman who kind of like has a little hunch and kind of shuffles around town you know the kind of ones yeah they're always described as like a, a biddy always i don't know why i never even questioned that it's always just a little biddy i really hope it's not on her, like it's not based on her because she's she seems just really cool but yeah guys that's everything on the irish witches for this week uh there is one other thing i would just want to say quickly yeah so we did a competition this week guys but unfortunately i was sick and i didn't get a chance to post it online till saturday so the first two are melissa and jackie both who sent in pictures of their halloween costumes and uh the other one then was larry who actually put in a story about something that happened to him on halloween which i thought was kind of cool he, what he wrote was, a long time ago, a classmate held a party, inviting everyone in the class. It was awesome, lots of candies, spooky games, kind of like a haunted mansion mixed with a treasure, ser treasure search. However, something, or rather someone, stand stood out in the party. A guy in black with the scream mask was the soul of the party. The thing is, we never knew who he was. At first, we thought it was a classmate who couldn't attend the games, or couldn't attend before the game started. But in a surprising twist, in the middle of the campaign, this guy appeared and ev greeted everyone. And like a scripted scene in Scooby-Doo, all of us turned our heads to this masked guy. He just waved goodbye and left the party to never come back. I will be honest, my heart stopped in the moment. Have you ever just like... <laughs> crashed the party no i don't think so well actually no no thinking about it me and riley almost crashed awake oh yeah that's true we're doing randonautica and we ended up at someone's yeah wake. that was weird man that was super weird if you haven't listened to that episode go listen to it or just listen to the last little bit when we do the randonautica because it is so weird that we ended up at a wake when we put in death and it wasn't even like we were at a wake somewhere appropriate for a wake. No. We were we just ended up outside a house with a wake going on we just inside a housing estate and there was we were, we were kind of like, what's actually going on here? There's just a shit ton of cars. And then people wearing black suits and... Oh, it was so weird. But yeah, guys. And remember, if you have any other stories you want us to cover or like topics or anything like that, you can always email us or message us on Twitter. But uh, other than that, yeah, have a good Thanks, week. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.